Have you ever asked yourself if terms such as general truth or universal knowledge make any sense? Whose history are we learning at school? And how much of human knowledge are we missing? Why are the voices of a vast part of the world silenced? Or at best, remembered in wars, natural disaster, or in a postcard as an object of exoticism? How does the world look like from the so-called peripheries? Voices from the Peripheries is a podcast about decolonizing knowledge and mind. My name is Emira Ben Ali. I am from Tunisia and I have been working in European universities for the last 10 years. Like many of you, I aspire to contribute to the social justice and equality efforts. In this podcast, I will invite scholars, students and activists worldwide to discuss topics such as cultural dominance, decolonial feminism, food sovereignty, Islamophobia, indigenous knowledge, among other topics. If, like me, you feel angry when you look at your school curriculum, if you believe that we have a lot to learn from minorities and people in the peripheries, then this podcast is for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of Voices from the Peripheries. I'm happy to receive today Marcelo Neguera. Hi, Marcello. Thank you so much for being my guest. I'm really glad to have you in this podcast. Uh, this is my pleasure. Uh, so, Marcello, you are a PhD student from Brazil, uh, from the Fundacion Marcelo Vargas. I'm, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it. I can say it. I can say it in Portuguese and in English. It, in Portuguese, it's Fundacion Getulio Vargas, and it means Getulio Vargas Foundation. Uh, Getulio Vargas is a, is a name of a former president in Brazil, and he was very important to the prof, pro, professionalization of public server, service, and now we have this foundation. Okay, thank you so much for this uh, explanation already before starting the conversation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were really lucky to have you as a visiting researcher at CBS for some months this year. And personally, I was very happy and glad that I had the opportunity to read and comment on your uh, project, PhD project around alternative organizing, dreams, Amerindian perspectivism, and of course, decoloniality. So today we are going to talk about all these uh, fascinating uh, topics. And maybe we can start with uh, your definition of decoloniality as it is the center of how you define okay. it. Okay, uh, decoloniality is uh, epistemology in a fight against coloniality. Uh, uh, it's easier to understand decoloniality when we think in colonization, colonialism, and coloniality. The difference between these, these two uh, uh, terms, colonialism and coloniality, the difference is Colonialism is, uh, is when uh, ethnic group dominate and, uh, and, and do some exploitation over other, other ethnic group. It happened in Brazil. For example, Brazil was colonized by Portugal. And uh, while Portugal uh, colonized us until uh, 19th century, we had colonialism. 
as a political and economic economic uh, system. Uh, in some uh, examples of colonialism, um, that there are the independence moment when when the former colonized people uh, fight, struggle uh, for independence. Mm -hmm. This 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 means the end of a colonialism colonialism, but it could not it could not be the end of coloniality. And so, coloniality is the power relationship mm. around the world where former colonized people mm -hmm. became uh, 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 became uh, dependent. Uh, economic, economically dependent, uh, we, we are seen as inferior, uh, like we are well, we are not well organized, we are not intelligent, we are not uh, so good as people who... who Underdeveloped, like, you know... As yes, underdeveloped. Uh, it, so this is the difference between colonialism and coloniality. And decoloniality is, uh, again, is epistemology and a fight against coloniality, against this, this, this power relationship over the world uh, in relation to underdevelopment. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Uh, I could... Uh, um, it's common now, nowadays, uh, uh, some countries in global north say that colonization is not uh, uh, an issue, a question, a, a issue, an issue of nowadays. Uh, it's it's common to them to see to say that colo, 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 colonization is an issue for, of the past. Hmm. But this is not true. This is not true. Uh, you know, in the, you know, in the one hand, this is not true because for us who were colonized, uh, colonia, colo, uh, colonization is not in our past. This is in our present. This is uh, this is a, a social organization we have to deal every day. Mm. And in the other hand we also observe colonialism directly in, in some examples uh, nowadays, like in the relationship, in the relation between Palestine and Israel. Yeah. This, is a, this is a relation of colonization. This is, uh, here in Brazil, when you heard about Palestine and Israel in the, in the main media, mm. we we, we usually heard, uh, heard that this is a conflict, this is a complex question, this is a complex issue, and this is a, a fight. But when, when you hear this, it seems like it is a fight between equals. Yes. And uh, this is not. This is not complex. This is a relation of, colon uh, this is a, a relation of colonization. Mm. Between Israel over Palestine. Yes. Uh, this is a, a an actual a, a current a current a, a example of colo of colonization mm. uh, of colonialism and and uh, uh, 
in, in my in my Brazilian experience, I, I can also feel the the experience of coloniality. Okay. As a present, as a as a li, a, a life present. Do you see this aspect of colonization in your life? Uh, in terms of uh, not economically only, only, but maybe in the socially, the social, the cultural aspects in your life, or also maybe in the school, in your field, as you are actually doing this in your, uh, yeah, in your PhD. Where do you see these aspects of uh, coloniality? Okay, uh, this is a work in progress. Mm -hmm. uh, this perception is a is a work in progress. Uh, I can assume that uh, every Brazilian people, uh, since we were, we were born, we learn that our country is, is worse than Europe, European country. And we, we look at them and we want to be like them. Hmm. And in this process, we kind of lost our native personality. We lost our, our uh, native organizations. Mm. Uh, and in my case, to, to have this perception, this is also a work in progress. When I'm not aware about, about this issue, I can I can surprise myself thinking like this, okay. like I am, I, I am inferior, like I am uh, worse than the European or American thought. And this is a daily struggle against, against this, this mindset that make us believe that we are, we are underdeveloped. Yeah, yeah. So it's also a process of mind decolonization, right? And every day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In this process, in this process, we, we, we as colonized people have to be conscious that our knowledge, our own knowledge is important. Our own knowledge is kind of sometimes is as genius as, as some, some scientists' minds. In this process to recognize ourselves as people who have uh, uh, valid and uh, own knowledge, uh, it's important to preserve that, for example, in indigenous organization, they have uh, uh, a deeply integra integrated feeling with nature in relation mm. to nature. Mm. Uh, and we, we are in a time when climate change is asking us to, to question the relationship between humanity and nature. We, uh, with this Western thought, yeah. we, are, we are thinking about this only now, about this separation between human, human and nature. On the other hand, indigenous people, leaves this integration since thousands of years uh, and it seems like kind of a solution to some climate change issues nowadays which is really fascinating and that leads me to the next question i would love you to i mean i i obviously know uh, a bit your topic um 
but I want you to talk more about it, you know, how are you connecting dreams uh, as a decolonial way of organizing and uh, also the relevance of the concepts of uh, Amerindian perspectivism? Yeah, uh, now, uh, and I know you will get lost because you are so passionate about your topic. <laughs> Keep in mind uh, the audience. No, we are we are entering the in the main idea of my research. Uh, the main the main idea is since much of the the current indigenous experience is related to resisting colonization, mm -hmm. and since dreams are indispensable to some indigenous organizations, I study indigenous dreams as a source of knowledge which can help with the decolonization of organization studies. Uh, this is, uh, it's important to say that for many uh, indigenous uh, who live in Brazilian territory, dreams are central to their, to their organization. Uh, so if dreams are central to their organization, we are talking about organization, mm. Indigenous experience is about coloniality, is about colonization. So, what if we think about people who organize themselves from dreams? Mm -hmm. And in the, in the same vein, we are talking about people whose, la whose lives is a, is a, is live against colonization. So, I, I, I'm trying to, to join these, these areas. So if I got you well, you mean that in um, in our um, capitalist and uh, you know post-colonial society, usually also we consider dreams as something um, superstitious. Maybe it's uh, we don't consider dreams as a source of knowledge, right? Um, but uh, and this is also relevant in history. I mean, many villages and many cultures and ethnics used to use dreams as um, inspiration or uh, and for this i think we had this discussion that also for uh, this uh, great uh, philosopher and sufist uh, ibn al-arabi he actually talked about it as a source of knowledge and he said that we cannot uh, transcend or really get a full knowledge if we don't use uh, he talks more about intuition but also dreams as a intuitive way to organize or to decide so in in your phd you are using uh, this or you're trying to look at a different way of organizing using dreams as a main yes. and relevant and uh, uh, accurate source of knowledge, right? Yes, uh, you're right. Uh, and I would like to complement your explanation about dreams, uh, that in our capitalist, uh, modern way of life, way of thinking, there is no place to... to to dreams in the in the in the management field in the decision make making mm. area uh, because dreams are not rational dreams are not linear mm. and the mainstream of management is all about rationality and linearity and and uh, 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 um, logic and yeah logic and try to 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 measure a performance and etc uh but 
in the same time, in the, in, in, in the same in the same context, many decision makers would confess that they use their dreams. Of course. But but nobody can know because this is not rational. This mm -hmm. is not linear. This is not logic. But they use it like a uh, 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 knowledge source. To take uh, yes. But we, we have to we have to bear to bear in mind that uh, this management uh, ma mindset is very aligned is very um, associated to colonization. Management and in administration uh, field management and administration field come from from the the colonial way of thinking uh, related to the division of work. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to try to organize work in, in bear in mind the profit, profit and efficiency. Of course. Hmm. And it, this, this, the same way related to coloniality, uh, deny, deny knowledge uh, and uh, ways of organization of people who are out of this mindset, like indigenous people who are not, who are not, um, whose, whose thought, it's not coming from moder modernity. Yes. Uh, so and this is important to consider all these other issues. Yes, and as you said, the, the, the coloniality remains in this, in the main, in the way of um, reproducing, producing, and transmitting knowledge, and what is validated and what is not, and what is right and universal and what is not. And this is what is fascinating in your, in your um, topic also, because as you said, I think uh, we use all dreams and intuition to take decision, at least many people and many great uh, personalities uh, confess uh, in, that they use it, but it's not recognized as a validate uh, um, knowledge, right? And it's not used as a collective, collectively, to organize. And, and, and that's why I think you, it's really a great, your work has a, a great potential to contribute to the field of uh, organization and organizing yeah, studies. Um, I was also very, very, how to say, fascinated and I was really happy to read about uh, the concepts of uh, Amerindian perspective. It was a really nice discovery. Um, and I would like you to talk or say a little bit about it. Okay. Um, unfortunately, it's not possible to present here in a few minutes the, the whole concept of Amerindian perspectivism. The main idea, the idea. Uh, yes, I will try to, to talk about the main idea. This is a concept coming from anthropology. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the, 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 in, here in Brazil, the main, the main author who organized the concept is Eduardo Viveiro de Castro. Mm -hmm. uh, he's an anthropologist uh, from Rio de Janeiro. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I will emphasize that uh, this concept helps us to understand how indigenous see themselves in deep integration with nature with nature. Uh, as an example, they uh, indigenous, Amerindian uh, indigenous uh, uh, understand humanity as something 
spread among all living beings, such as, uh, for example, it's like humanity, the human soul mm. is spread through animals, plants, trees, bacteria, rivers, mm. planets, and etc. Uh, in other words, to Amerindians, we all share the same soul. Uh, and this talk about, talk a lot with concepts uh, very important to, to modern science, to modern social, so, social science, like subject and object, like soul and body, mm. uh, like uh, binarism, duality that uh, exists in, in modern social science. Uh, so, in uh, Amerindian perspectivism is about a whole subject, a whole soul spread, shared by all, all the beings. Um, it's wonderful, right? And the Amerindian perspectivism helps us to understand well the, the moment of the encounter, the, the first meeting between colonizers and indigenous. Mm. Uh, when, when this meeting happened, it was a meeting of different worlds. Uh, in, in the, uh, when colonizers arrived here in the American continent centuries ago, on the one hand, colonizers questioned whether some primitive people had souls. Hmm. On the other hand, indigenous people, indigenous people questioned whether those newly arrived beings were spirits or divinities. Uh, the indigenous didn't, didn't, did not question uh, if colonizer had a soul, since there is a soul in all living beings. Uh, but here we have another uh, sad issues in relation to colonization. Uh, if indigenous had never questioned if colonizer and all the beings had a soul. On the other hand, colonizers feel free to um, dominate and, and explore mm. the, those people because colonizers are not sure if they had so. In my case, uh, since I was a child, uh, as a Brazilian person, I, I, since I was a, a child, I have heard jokes which say that indigenous people do not have a soul. And From Brazil, these same indigenous people, the same indigenous people, hmm. since forever, since thousands of years ago, they always have this conscience of a, 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 a humanity, a soul spread through all the beings, mm. including colonizers. And colonizer was questioned if this, this indigenous people had a soul. What if, what if this colonizer, colonizers uh, could note in that time that uh, indigenous people not only have a soul, but organize themselves in themselves from dreams? Hmm. That's a beautiful. What if I don't know. What if? Maybe they knew it, but it's uh, it's not in their um, 
how to say, advantage to recognize it as, uh, again, the way they colonized was also legitimated by the fact that we are better, we know more, we want to civilize you, then we need to, you need to, we need to oppress you in, uh, yeah. Um, so um, what I like, what I like about this Amerindian perspective is, I think it's really relevant, as I said, for our today contemporary, you know, issue society. And I think that um, we could learn a lot from it. Um, I really like this idea of the soul that we all share, uh, animals, uh, bacteria, um, all, all we share the same soul, but we kind of uh, embody it in, in different, we have different bodies to express the same soul. Uh, which is, I think it's also very much in the heart of this conversation on also diversity and the critical diversity. And um, I think uh, at the end of the day, if we had this idea that we all have the same uh, soul, but we just maybe uh, expressed in different ways, we, will, we won't have racism, we won't have uh, sexism, we won't have homophobia, we won't have, you know, Islamophobia, uh, we won't have, you know, uh, a country, uh, indigenous people in Palestine occupied, yet occupied, um, and so on and so forth. So I, I think it's a, it's a very nice message also to the world. Um, but I would love also to know how, how do you think or what you think that the Global North is, and the world in general could learn from this uh, Amerindian perspectivism and uh, how it's also, in your point of view, relevant to our contemporary society. I feel like... Uh... If I can say uh, uh, global north mindset, I preserve that this mindset is time by time, day by day, um, um, developing um, ideas about complexity, about the, the integration of everything, the integration between humans and nature and uh, animals. It, the global north mindset is time by time be conscious about this whole integration in a complex way mm. we are talking about complexity we are talking about chaos mm. uh, and uh always when i see this 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 discussion i i i feel myself help, help, happy because Global North is, is time by time uh, conscious and aware about disintegration in a complex way. Mm. On the other hand, we when we when we when we when we look the mindset of indigenous Amerindian Amerindian indigenous, for example, they are also talking about disintegration since forever and my feeling is for them this is not complex this is simple mm. this mm. is this is like the 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 air we we we, we, yeah. we breathe this is like the the water we we drink this is this is all integrated in a simple way Mm. In a in an obvious way, way, 
and my feeling is the global not the global global not mindset is preserve preserving this integration lately mm. just some some decades ago in a, and uh, this is a mindset which uh, prefer to to think that complex things things are more interesting yeah of course uh, yeah we are talking about complexity we are talking about uh it's, it's also very elitist uh, way right i mean it's also being um, it's very elite right because when yes. you make it complex you also make it not accessible for everyone so it's yes you, you to think to think in a complex way you have to be able to calculate you have to be able to to think in different dimensions, we have to be able to plan, we have to be able to understand difficult concepts in a complex way. Hmm. And my point is, both mindsets are talking about the same integration, mm -hmm. the integration between human beings, the nature, animals, and etc. Uh, but if to, 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 to this mindset, this complex mindset, this is a, this is a achievement possible only some years ago. Mm. And on yet, the other hand, and yet, on, the, on the indigenous worldview, they are sure about this integration since thousands, thousands of years in, the, in, their, mm. in their daily life, lives. Yeah, and, and yet I think it's not uh, the same integration because today, um, and, and uh, this is everywhere, right? And, and uh, the mainstream uh, discourse about also environment, even when we are, I mean, even for most of the environmentalists, and it's about how to save uh, nature and how to also to save life, to save us as a human. But um, it's really interesting to see that we're not talking about how nature could save us. Um, um, and, and this so this relationship uh, still very much um, uh, binary, as you said. So it's us and, and you know and the nature. It's it's never really we are we are really the same soul and we are the same. Um, we 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 have no idea how uh, what is the story that you know how is life from uh, a tree uh, uh, from a tree eyes. You know we, we don't know we don't know how how this whole world and then the thing that we don't recognize this we think as a human that we are superior and we know this and actually it's absolutely the same thing with the, with the sexism so uh, you know the how the patriarchy operates as well that it is superior and for that they know better and and this is what again justify everything so um um so i, I mean it's, it's it's also nice that today we have uh, like we have researcher like you also talking about these topics because as you said the struggle the resistance the knowledge this knowledge exists forever it exists since thousands and thousands of, of years but then it's not recognized as a knowledge and i think in a way you being from brazil um I think we also had a long discussions about your personal experience and how did you get to this uh, um, feeling of being also uh, more close to indigenous spirit 
and and I think your thesis is also a way to uh, voice or to present these voices, these alternative voices, because you are in between. You are at the same time in this university setting, in the system itself, but also you have uh, a feet outside and you have a feet in, in this village, you have a feet in this uh, whole universe of, um, of uh, native uh, Brazilian and so on and so forth. So th this is maybe our role as a researcher to try to connect uh, this and try to talk about these stories instead of talking about one story and also to raise awareness about it also with the students and to try to challenge the mainstream knowledge that we are kind of uh, transmitting and retransmitted and try to bring other stories and other voices and show how they are important and relevant to our contemporary societies. And I think your, your work is, is really fitting very much this uh, agenda between. <laughs> um, so what should we do to decolonize the future? Because I, I was reading a paper, it was an article or blog paper, um, a blog, I think, uh, where I was saying that the problem is that even when we think, we project, we dream about the future, we're still very much colonial. These dreams are not the dreams of everyone. These uh, projections are not the one of everyone and they are not taking into consideration um, everyone, including nature, including, you know, animals, including, uh, so what we should do to decolonize the future, in your point of view? Okay. Uh, uh, it's common, uh, we heard about Global um, North people talk more and more about the end of the world. Hmm. The end of the world in relation to climate change, in relation to pandemics, hmm. in relation to economic catastrophes, and this is a this is a concern uh, about the end of the world. Kind of everybody uh, is concerned about issues like this. But when indigenous people are, and or poor people in underdeveloped, underdeveloped world take a look in these concerns about global, global North people who, who are, um, who have comfortable lives, who, who, who have good food, who have good education, and this, if these people are concerned about the end of the world, back to these people, to, uh, uh, like indigenous people and poor people in, in the, on the developed world, they feel like this. You are concerned about the end of the world, but your concerns about uh, nature crisis, about uh, uh, insecurity of food, the insecurity of economic, this is our lives hmm. since centuries. And in your point of view of end of the world, this is our, our, um, our uh, everyday, our everyday life. 
So in your point of view of the end of the world, it means that our world is ending every day and mm. we are still alive. We are still alive. We, we, we are still alive. But I don't want to, to, to keep some uh, hero narrative here. Mm. This is not a hero nar narrative. This is a narrative of resistance. Yes. Uh, and from people from this world who is ending every day since centuries ago, it seems like these same people have some solutions about how to survive, how to be alive mm. in, a, in, a future in a future world where when it will be necessary to everybody think about integration of human and not in nature uh, when it will be necessary to think about uh, uh, inequality social inequality when it will it will be necessary to talk about oppression mm. and new ways of economic and and, and societies. I really like this idea of you saying that this is the everyday life. So it's in a way they they have been practicing surviving and resistance and resilience in every day. And for that, they know a lot and they can teach the world how to survive, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Indigenous people, uh, indigenous people, lives since centuries ago is alive uh, they have lives sorry let me rephrase this uh, from indigenous people their lives is about resisting colonization mm. since centuries ago and they are able to resist colonization that colonization is a very strong force uh, it's a very strong movement, and these people, these indigenous people, are able to resist, mm. not in a in a hero way, because uh, they resist, but they are killed, they are sick, they are starving. Of course, and this is not this is not glorious. Of course, uh, but they they are resisting, they are surviving. So my point is. Uh, we, we are facing here a way of life who is with, sorry, which is able to resist this, this mm -hmm. colonization force. If they are able to resist, this is why we, we could learn tons of, tons of new knowledge from, from them. Yeah, and, and you know, Talking about this, I remember also another colleague who is Palestinian talking about uh, a Palestinian from Gaza talking about, uh, you know, um, because Gaza was in, still in lockdown, right? And she, she, she said, I mean, this, the idea that also it's a laboratory, it's a human life laboratory, because in this very small piece of land where Palestinians have not, don't have the right to go out, they have also developed a lot of things, right? They can, uh, they have their own um, 
medicines, they have their own. Uh, so they, they also developed a lot of, of um, innovation, right, in order to survive. So they are resisting every day and their life is threatened every day. Every day could be the last day. Every single day could be the last day, right? And that's why we can actually learn a lot because it's like, it's a laboratory actually. You have people resisting for uh, years and years, surviving, struggling. And as you said, it's not, uh, I think it's nice that you say, it's not the glory hero story that we can see in uh, Walt Disney <laughs> cartoon. Uh, it's not about- Hollywood. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not a choice. It's just something that they have to do every day in order to, to stay uh, pride, to stay, uh, uh, to, you know, to live in dignity and to, to fight for their dignity. Um, and for this, you know, this is where you see that um, the stories of oppression and colonialism everywhere, everywhere in this world are the same. They are repeating themselves. It's just people are maybe, it's just geographically different, but the way it appears, it's always um, the same. Uh, and I, I really hope that we will be emancipated and decolonized one day. Um, so now, uh, I mean, of course, I want to continue to talk with you forever. And <laughs> I, me too, time, me too. Every time, every time we meet, we have long, long, uh, uh, yeah discussions, but uh, for the purpose of the podcast, we need to keep it a bit short. I have one last question for you. It's not a question, it's like uh, asking you for recommendation. Um, I, I don't know if you could recommend uh, an author, a book, of, uh, I mean, a movie, uh, anything related to this topic and that somehow inspires you or you feel that it will be inspiring for others. Okay, I can recommend uh, Eduardo Viveiro de Castro uh, papers and books. Mm -hmm. This is the author of Amerindian Perspective Concept. And he, he writes in English and mm. in French. In France. In and French, sorry. In Portuguese as well. Huh? Sorry? He, he, he writes in Portuguese, French and English. Yes, exactly. If the, mm -hmm. And I would recommend a Netflix TV series. Mm. Uh, the, the name in Portuguese is Fronteira Verde. I will translate it. Uh, uh, this means Green Frontier. Yes. Green Frontier. Mm. Uh, this is a TV series uh, set in Amazonian rainforest with uh, indigenous people. Uh, this is set between Brazil and Colombia, uh, and it shows kind of the, the other way of life and thought of okay. indigenous people. But unfortunately, this is a story of crime. This is a story of, of murder, but um, it's, it's an opportunity to try to, to, to begin to understand the, the, the other way of, of thinking, some other way of thinking. I, I watch it actually and I really like it. And what I like it because I think for me in a way it is uh, talking about, in a way if, if ecofeminism was a movie or a TV show, it could be this one. Because it's also talking about this uh, feminism and uh, nature and the relation also because the figure 
of uh, of nature of the power of nature is always a woman right that the woman has always this power to connect with nature and to it's it's a really nice one i think and also talks about um colonialism in a way and capitalism and to uh, the exploitation of the trees and uh, uh, yeah it was it's a nice recommendation yeah tell me and i i can recommend a poem mm. of uh, uh indigenous woman from brazil uh, her name is jenny nunes mm. uh, uh, and i i don't have this this poem by core but I, if it's possible i can send it to you and you can put in the description here yes. this poem is very very interesting to think about gender issues in relation to indigenous way of thinking and indigenous way of life uh, you will see this is a poesy this is a poem uh, uh, which is able to mix gender issues and integration with all the the the, the life the, the life in beings. Mm -hmm. I, I I will send it to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this recommendation. Yeah. And thank you so much for your time and for this nice talk. And I wish you all the best for your PhD. And hope to see you soon. <laughs>